Hey, Tidbitters, welcome to Audio Tidbits. It's a real treat to have you join me today. If this is your first time, I think you might be in for a little surprise. You're probably used to podcasts that focus on a particular topic area and then go into depth or are intended only to entertain. Well, I'm not sure whether or not this is entertaining. I kind of doubt it. But I'm relatively sure that we're not going to focus on just one thing. And probably it will have little to no relationship to whatever we focused on last time. So if you're open to a little bit of this and a little bit of that, then you've come to the right place. If instead your interest is in something specific you're probably going to be disappointed and might want to just move on. At any rate, I sure hope you stay. And to those of you who have been here before, you won't be surprised. And thanks for coming back. At any rate, I think it's probably time to get into whatever it is we're going to talk about. And I'm having a struggle today deciding exactly which of two or three things to chat with you about. So I'm going to just start with one and we'll see if we get to the other couple of things. The first thing that really struck my interest was, I think, the senator from West Virginia who said that he was opposed to the Democrats' voting rights legislation that was going through Congress at this point in time. And it's okay for him to be opposed to it, but I thought his, you know, his reason for being opposed was kind of interesting. He said that it was going to further divide the country. Now, what in the world might that mean? How would that voting rights legislation further divide the country? And as I think about it, he may in fact be right in the sense that the variety of opinion, perspective, point of view would probably indeed increase on a national basis. Everybody with an opinion would get into the fray. If I understand it correctly, the notion against increasing voter rights, which uh, let's think about this. You cannot increase the rights of somebody to vote. You know, I think all citizens uh, that are of of an appropriate age have a right to vote. There's not much doubt about that. And I doubt if even the senator from West Virginia, if that's who it was, I'm pretty sure it was. Anyway, Anyway, the senator from West Virginia would probably agree that all citizens who are of voting age, have a right to vote. So I don't think that is the issue at all. I think of those who have a right to vote, how easy is it for them to vote? And that is a real kind of question, I think, a real kind of issue. Uh, And the reason for restricting the ability to vote, the opportunity to vote, not the right to vote, because everybody had the right to begin with, but restricting the ability or opportunity to vote is always couched in terms of 
election security. We want our elections to be secure. So, for example, the thought is that if you let people vote by mail, there will be more, you know, hanky-panky, more fraud, if you will, more people voting uh, or being counted as voting than actually voted. Anyway, there would be some underhanded stuff going on there. And we generally, or they, whoever we or they are, uh, refer to that as voting fraud. So if we restrict the number of people voting, we're going to limit voter fraud. Duh, I think that's probably true. You know, it's like if Walmart only lets three customers in per day, there's probably going to be less shoplifting. Uh, it's always true that, uh, uh, you know, the more people who are around, my dad used to tell me that if you get 100 preachers together, you can be pretty sure that at least one of them is a thief. Now, if you get 10 together, the odds of one of them being a thief go down. It's the same principle with voting. So, if what we were to do is to say, in order to vote, you had to show up on some particular Tuesday at some particular location where at least three people could identify you by sight, and in addition, you had to provide photo ID and three other forms of verifiable identification. Uh, given that, you would vote. The likelihood of somebody voting who shouldn't be voting or some, uh, what will we call it, some problem, some uh, incorrectness or something or other, some fraud, if you will, uh, the likelihood of that is pretty much approaching zero. Only people who are supposed to be voting today will be able to vote today. Now, if you happen to be sick, then you can't vote. If you happen not to have a ride, you can't vote. If you happen to have some other responsibility that takes priority for you, you can't vote. Only those who show up and go through the routine are able to vote. A pretty well fraud-proof kind of an arrangement. But as you expand out, if you let people uh, maybe come in and vote early, they could vote the day before if they wanted to, or they could vote by mail and drop their ballot off at the mailbox. Uh, maybe even they could do it online. They could just log in to the website and vote. There's all sorts of opportunities to vote, all sorts of ways to vote, but I think it's true that the more you restrict it, the less fraud you will probably have. And conversely, the more you expand it, probably the more fraud you will have. Same as Walmart. The more customers they let in, the more likely it is that they're going to have a shoplifting, a shoplifting, thinking of listing, a shoplifting experience in the store. Uh, it also applies to the preachers. The more preachers you get together, the more likely you are to have reined in a thief, brought a thief into the midst of you, so to speak. So, the question is not whether or not there will be some irregularity, some fraud, if you will. The question is how much is tolerable? And I think that you have some people saying that zero irregularity is 
all that is tolerable. Absolutely none will be tolerated. Well, if you're going to do that, then you have to automatically say, then we're going to set up a procedure where it severely limits who gets to vote on a particular Tuesday. As you expand it out, then you're probably going to get some more irregular irregularity, but more and more and more people vote. So the question then becomes one of what is the disadvantage of more and more people voting. Suppose nearly everybody who was eligible to vote, who had a right to vote, did in fact vote. What do we think would happen? My sense is that the Republicans, whoever they are, uh, that the Republicans feel like that would work to their disadvantage. The Democrats, again, whoever they are, think it would work to their disadvantage. So what we find then is with the good senator from West Virginia is that he's basically saying that he's going to oppose it, although he's a Democrat, uh, because he thinks it's going to further divide the country. And that's probably true. It's less likely to have a unified point of view, a single perspective, only one way of thinking about it, only a limited set of ideas about how government should work, what government should and shouldn't do, uh, where the government's resources should or shouldn't be spent. I don't think there's much question about that. It will, in fact, increase division or diversity. Think about that. It will increase diversity in the country. And the question is not so much whether we want to increase division, because I don't think we do, uh, but Increasing diversity, at least from my perspective, is probably a good thing. Everyone should get in their two cents worth. Somebody said you always want to put in two pennies because we all know that two heads are better than one. So uh, I think that whether or not uh, a particular piece of legislation is a good one or whether or not it passes is not so much the issue. The issue is should we be restricting who gets to vote, restricting when people can vote or where they can vote or how they can vote for the sake of preventing fraud, preventing irregularity, or should we try to expand the opportunity, understanding that a certain amount of irregularity is likely there, and then take measures to somehow control or limit that irregularity. The same way Walmart does with shoplifting. They know that there's going to be a certain amount of it, and they work that into the scheme of things. But they do take very serious measures to make sure that it doesn't go beyond a certain limit. Same thing is true with the casinos. They know that people are going to cheat. There are going to be people that come into the casino and cheat. And there's not anything they can do to limit all cheating, but they can reduce it quite significantly, and they go to pretty extensive measures to do that. 
we do the same thing with crime. We know that we don't want to live in a government, in a state, in a country that sets up measures to prevent all crime. Think about what you would have to do in order to do that. Is it possible? I suspect it very well may be. At least it's theoretically possible. But it would be so restrictive, so inhibiting, so limiting that none of us would tolerate it. So we put up with a certain amount of crime, a certain level of crime, but take pretty extensive measures to keep it in bounds, to make it something that does not get out of hand. Although it does from time to time. I think the homicide rate in Chicago might be an example of that. You know, people getting shot is just, you know, uh, uh, outside any kind of limits that might even be thought of as acceptable. Uh, There are other things that are going on that need serious attention, need limited, that are kind of getting out of hand. But that is, I think, the nature of a democracy. It's not that things are going to be controlled. It's that we can, by mutual agreement, limit or restrict how bad it gets. And to make it perfect, to make it all go away, is something that's just not going to happen. The same thing is true with voter fraud. Probably even in the scenario that I suggested earlier, where you have to come in and be identified by three people and give, you know, uh, 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 several forms of verifiable identification, there's probably someone who'll figure out how to get around that. And we need to be alert to that, be uh, vigilant, but not restrictive in an unreasonable kind of way. So I think that everyone should get a vote. Everyone should have the opportunity to vote. It should be made as easy and as convenient as possible for everyone who is eligible with due consideration to the need to limit or restrict irregularity, but probably uh, taking it as unreasonable to think that we would want to live in a world where all voter irregularity was prevented. I think the result is that instead of, you know, less than half of people voting or 60% of them voting or some someplace around half of people voting or less, it would be maybe 10% or 5%, or maybe the conspiracy theories are correct. You know, conspiracy theories are when people are secretly trying to do something that's illegal or shady or a little underhanded. And, you know, are there conspiracies in the world? Are there conspiracies in the country? Are there conspiracies in our local communities? Of course there are. You know, if nothing else, there are people who are planning crimes, who are planning to do things that are illegal. But there are also people getting together secretly to conspire to do things that probably most of us wouldn't think was uh, were in our best interest. Uh, so, you know, conspiracies, can we make them all go away? No. Is it possible? Maybe theoretically, if we just don't let people have secret conversations, that would be one way of doing it, I suspect. But is it in any way practical, or is it something we would want to tolerate within our democracy? I think the answer to that is no. So I guess the thing that I'm thinking about today is 
how much is too much and how much is not enough. There has to be some tolerable point. And remember, anytime we begin to put restrictions on ourselves or on each other, uh, the potential for that being intolerable is pretty high. When we start saying what people can and can't do, the same thing holds. When we say who's allowed and who's not allowed, the same thing holds. Uh, but to say that we should take any of those down to zero or limit it as much as possible, let's get back to Walmart. If their policy was to limit shoplifting, shoplifting as much as possible, then it would be a totally different marketplace, a totally different experience for anyone who chose to go there to shop. The same thing is true in terms of living in our communities, to being part of our country, to participating in the democracy. If we want to be sure that nothing uh, bad or nothing shady is going on, with nothing underhanded, if we want to be sure that the conspiracy people are not gaining too much authority, too much power, too much influence, then there are measures we can take. So the point is that we would not tolerate any of those being taken to the extreme. By the same token, we wouldn't tolerate having no governor, no control, no limiters on anything. That would not. That would just be chaos. It would be just you know uh, total anarchy, I guess. But the the in between point. Where is the in between point? And I think that that is where the debate is. Although we seldom hear it couched in those terms. How much diversity is a good thing? Well, total and complete diversity probably is not. There should be some limits or restrictions placed on some people in some situations. I suspect we're going to still put folks in jail sometimes. But that does not make it okay to put some groups in jail for reasons other than the fact that they committed a crime. Committing a crime should be the only reason why you go to jail. And if you didn't commit a crime, uh, you shouldn't be in jail. I think that mentally ill people should probably not be sent to jail. <clears throat> they should be sent to hospitals or treatment facilities. Same thing is true with drug abusers and people who get in trouble for those kinds of reasons. When they rob the bank, then it's time to put them in jail. Uh, when they behave or uh, are interacting in ways that we don't like or they don't look like we think they should look or whatever those kinds of silly things are, then we're getting out of bounds. So when we think about what we should do about this and that, what we should do about various kinds of things, I think that our tendency is to do like the good senator in from West Virginia and make some silly statement like this is going to divide us. Well, my friend, we're already divided. We're a very diverse uh, uh, country, a very diverse world, a very diverse community with different perspectives and different points of view. And uh, uh, that's a good thing. 
It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The question, though, is at what point does it become chaos as opposed to community? You know, at what point does it become demagoguery as opposed to democracy? Where is the boundary? And we don't know. We have some idea. It's in there someplace. I think we could probably all agree on a pretty wide range. And then we get into these battles over exactly where the line is, what's too much, what's not enough. And that's pretty necessary. It's part of the democracy. We're supposed to argue and debate and disagree with each other. Uh, even if we're not supposed to, we're going to do it anyway. It's just who we are. You know, we think that we're right and the other people are probably wrong. Uh, or th maybe we're probably right and they are definitely wrong. Maybe that's the way it goes. Uh, at any rate, I think that when we think about voting and we think about conspiracies and we think about false information and all of the buzzwords, uh, you know, we think about discrimination and diversity and any of those kinds of uh, elements, some those ways of describing what we see as our community, as our world, as our country. Uh, we need to be really, really careful that we understand that we can't push either point of view, either perspective to zero, and don't want to. What we want is to find the maximum or optimum, if you will, the optimum level of tolerance. How much irregularity will we tolerate in our elections? Something more than zero. How much crime will we tolerate in our community? Something more than zero. How much uh, discrimination and, and, you know, rich and poor type of things? And how much distinction will we tolerate when those distinctions are used to make, deci make decisions, pass judgment on other people? We'll tolerate some. But not, but but it won't get to zero. So the in between is kind of where it is. You know, it's the old thing: nothing in excess, everything in moderation. And the fuss, of course, is about what constitutes moderation. I obviously don't have any conclusion. I don't have any real wise advice, or saying we should do this or we should do that. Uh, except to say that we should be more tolerant and we should understand that eliminating poverty, eliminating crime, eliminating voter irregularity, eliminating global warming, uh, eliminating animosity and conflict is not an option. Even if we could do it, we wouldn't want to live in the world where it happened. But by the same token, we need to figure out how much we can do those things, how much we can reduce crime, we can reduce voter, voter irregularity, we can reduce global warming, we can reduce things that we don't want or don't like. How much can we reduce them without overdoing it, without putting ourselves in a position that none of us would accept, none of us would find acceptable, 
none of us would want to tolerate. So, getting back to the good senator from West Virginia. We understand what he doesn't want, but the question is, what does he want? Does he want free and open elections where everyone who is eligible has a reasonable opportunity to vote with some level of safeguards, some level of monitoring, some level of making sure that fraud, fraud and irregularity aren't excessive, how much ever excessive is? Yeah, I suspect he does. And I suspect all of us do. And that is true with all of these kinds of things, whether fraud and uh, discrimination and global warming and, uh, you know, community violence and shoplifting at Walmart and so on and so on. So uh, there is a lot to be said for keeping it between the lines, staying down the middle of the road headed in the right direction. So I'm going to stop there and call this a podcast. So in the meantime, please do well, be well, stay safe, and try to be nice to each other someplace in the middle. Thanks.